0: Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals.
1: What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield, Jordan Foote, and Josh Kaiser joining me as always. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
2: I'm doing great. It's a Monday after one of the best sports weekends of my life. Started off with a Mizzou over Kansas State win. That was Mm -hmm. sweet, despite trying to absolutely ruin it at the end of it. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the win, Chiefs win in Jacksonville. Your boy went two and one in his fantasy football, with the only loss coming in a dynasty league that I'm trying to take in anyway. So jokes on everyone else that's so winning, and <laughs> made the fi- the championship in my final fantasy baseball league. So it's an A plus sports weekend for your boy.
3: Nice. I uh, I got kicked out. i not kicked out. I got eliminated in my survivor league because I picked the L.A. Chargers to beat the Tennessee Titans, who I don't like either of those teams, but I was like, if I'm going to pick L.A., I'm going to go for it now instead of later before they charger all over themselves, and they get so out anyway.
1: They have just... expedited the chargering this
3: year. Yeah, and wow. I was like, maybe they'll wait, and they did not wait, so I'm officially out after two weeks, but I also had a losing record in fantasy football, and the Rams lost after competing, at least, against the 49ers, so um, not the best... Sports weekend for me, but it was still good, and I'm happy to be back.
1: My sports weekend started on Sunday because <laughs> we don't talk about why What happened. What happened to Sunday? What I witnessed in Stillwater, Oklahoma, on Saturday night was an affront to God in every football fan. Anyone that enjoys Oklahoma State football, it was one of the worst that like worst Oklahoma State sporting events I've ever seen. And I was in Manhattan to watch them lose 48 nothing last year. This was worse. That's they rough. paid South Alabama $300,000 to come in and kick the piss out of them in their own stadium.
3: It I'm sorry, buddy.
1: Horrible. <laughs> on the bright side, I did shoot an 81 at a Lakeside Memorial Course, like Golf Course there in Stillwater. So I at least had that going for me on Saturday morning. But other than that, man, that was, that was rough. We got to see the Royals take a series against the Ash. Hey, anyway, there you go. Yeah, yeah what? A, how about that, man? Like, we saw, well, I think we talked a little bit about it last week. Like, oh, they're playing the Astros. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because the the, the Astros, in their last two series, lost two out of three to the A's and then lost two out of three to the Royals. Well, that's a rough stretch there. That's the how you team. lose a playoff spike. Yeah. Yeah, for a team that's fighting for playoff spot right now, that is that is not what you want to see. But that's exactly what bad teams do in September. If they have a playoff team on their schedule, they just play spoiler. And I don't know why it, it happens, but every single year you see stuff like that. I think anyway, we'll do it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we'll take the wind <laughs> through it. We so. <laughs> we've, we've, we've grown accustomed to that. That's for Embracing that spoiler rule. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we only got a couple weeks left. Uh, only a few episodes left, which is wild. We've been doing this for for almost six months now. but We appreciate everybody uh, still tuning in here in the, in the middle of football season. Uh, we can't thank Kansas City Strength and Conditioning enough for sponsoring this show. Day one supporters here at KCSN. Be sure to check them out if you have a baseball or a softball player in the area that needs a place to train. It's one of the best in the Kansas City area for that. For our weekly thoughts here, I'll start us off. Um, We all get some news, kind of some of the news and notes after this. But one thing I noticed is Bobby Wood Jr. has kind of gotten back on the heater uh, over the last 10 days or so. He had a stretch at the beginning of the month that that was kind of rough after really two months of high-level baseball in July and August. It kind of came back to earth a little bit. He's picked right back up. And one thing I thought was interesting, he's walking 9% since the calendar term of September. He has obviously not been a high-walk guy. Uh, but starting to see the ball a little bit better, and I think it's it's some of what I talked about at the beginning of August. That some of it is, he, I think he's beginning to realize dudes are terrified to pitch to him, and it it starting to get to that point. And he's a lot of times he's walking, and then it's it's turning into a double because he's stealing second immediately. The stolen base numbers are really starting to come back from him. He's got 48 now, I believe, uh, which is just an insane number. You no, know, he's one one away from from 30 home runs, so. He, he will have the first 30-30 season in Royals history, and it might be close to a 30 which yeah. is just remarkable. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting when looking at his numbers, since the, the line of demarcation that I've used, really, for Bobby Wood Jr. is the walk-off Grand Slam on uh, July 28th, but since that day, he's striking out less than 13% of the time. So he is doing all of this damage at the plate both power, contact, speed, everything, and he's cutting his strikeout. rate In modern baseball, that is incredible because so many guys are willing to sacrifice some of the strikeouts for the power, and he's not doing that. He's finding a way to do the inverse, which is very uncommon, and I think it speaks to a lot of what he's able to do as a young hitter. If he's just now scratching the surface and he manages to be a guy that strikes out around 15 to 17%, he gets that walk rate up to about eight percent. It doesn't have to be substantial for him. I mean, that's 30-50 might be scratching the surface for what he's able to do. Um
3: yeah. it's been really impressive to see what he's been able to do down the stretch. Well, and even in the month of August, he walked just under seven percent of the time, which is an improvement over his season numbers. And he walked or he struck out ten point eight percent of the time. And it's all for the three of three So like he yeah. he's not running into a ton of luck. He's just genuinely putting together good at bats, putting the bat on the ball, tapping into the raw power, using his athleticism and making better decisions at the plate. And when you add on on top of that, pitchers getting scared of him and realizing, "Oh shit, like this guy's arrived now, he's actually good." Um he actually you can't just throw fastballs to him and hope that he can't catch up to him and realize that it's a fastball. Um he's been he's been damn good and like I've been kind of waiting for The other shoe to drop with him, as I do with pretty much every member of the Kansas City Royals organization, it really hasn't. Like He's just been objectively awesome for the better part of two months now, which um, really three months, which is pretty crazy um, for him and pretty crazy for the Royals. So even if they don't have a star level player outside of him, he has pretty much established himself right now as that caliber player, which is
2: probably the most important thing that happened this season it's absolutely you know progression on his part and that needed to happen we came into this year saying that Bobby Wood Jr is the most important player on this team to this organization since George Brett I mean over the last two decades potentially so they need him to hit um they and he has ascended to what we kind of think and what we had heard to expect about Bobby Wood Jr and his progression and development to that point is the most important thing that happened this year. The other part about that, Joel, is like the the rise in average and the lower of the uh, the K rate didn't sacrifice any of his power either. He was still cool. hitting for plenty of power, still hitting those extra base hits even with the speed still. But um, it's just been very impressive that he's been able to do that, make that transition. And, yeah, I hope we we're uh, only scratching the surface for him for sure.
1: He's currently at 5.5 F4, which may puts him ninth in all of Major League Baseball. Where is he in the AL? Among AL, he is one, two. Shohei. Three, fifth. He's fifth. Okay. He What's a, the DPI someone... picks? Three, so, three, top three voting? Yeah. And what well, MVP, like finalists are um, top three. And I think the MVP voting goes up to 20. I bet he ends up in that probably that eight to 10 range MVP voting. Shohei's gonna win it, so it's just a matter of okay, we're gonna let's figure out two through twenty. But just looking at this, it's kind of wild too. Corey Seager is posting a six-win season with 107 games played. Absolutely bonkers. That is, Um, that is, that's insane. Uh, Moving on to just some news and notes, really quick. The drop today there was a pretty significant roster transaction. Uh, Brad Keller and Brady Singer are done for the season. Uh, I think they called it lower lumbar tightness, a so back tightness for Brady Singer. That explains some of the the velocity dip. They didn't seem concerned about being an arm issue, which is a good thing. So hopefully he's just able to rest and and come back next year. The Brad Keller thing sucks because it's a 60-day, and it is symptoms of thrask syndrome, which he developed earlier in the season, which was one of the major setbacks that he had. I think he only threw one game since coming back. The thing about Thoracic Outlet is that could be a career ender, like as we know it. So that is just the one thing that is is the one of the worst things that happened for the Royals this season year and for Brad Keller. He was in a contract year. Looked like he made some significant improvements, was probably going to find his way to a maybe a one-year, a multi-year contract if not with the Royals with another team, and it just went to hell for him so fast. The walks came back, clearly had some issues, and it was the shoulder and thoracic outlet. Hopefully he's able to rehab and come back and, and it, it's probably not going to be for the Royals, but just, I want to I hope he gets back on a big league mound because it would, I would hate to see a career end like this for, for Brad. Yeah. I
2: They're wonder one. if they do a deal like they did with Brent's, like the two year deal. Rehab, I was going to bring that up and we'll him. see where it you are. Minutes.
1: See the differences though. Guy is much easier in to come back from TJ than it is thoracic outlet. It's yeah, true. we've seen yeah. like matt harvey had thoracic outlet syndrome you know what uh, Ho strasburg had? at the end. hochaver had it uh nate karns had it if you remember that it's kind of a deep yep. cut but uh, yep. i think steven cool. strasburg had it at the end too did josh stonlot get i'm on what thoracic thought. Yeah. 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 yeah it's tricky man it, i mean it could some guys uh, they're able to come back and bounce back from it and some it it ends their career so uh hopefully
2: he's young enough to get bounced back
1: yeah exactly uh, the other one, Matt Beatty, was designated for assignment. Probably a move that could have been done a long time ago, but with some of the injuries at first base, they needed bodies. And Tyler Cropley, who was a phantom big leaguer, goes up <laughs> for the Toronto series, gets DFA'd outright into AAA. He's back. He's in the big league lineup. He took big league at bats tonight against Cleveland. He uh, doesn't have a hit, but he did record an RBI on a sacrifice fly, so that's cool for him. You know, a guy that, that bounced around the minor league since like 2018 um you know a solid catcher uh to to see him get his opportunity even if it's just a I don't even know if you can call it a cup of coffee like an espresso shot at the big league level you got to Uh, smell it like you got the ambiance of the coffee yeah I mean if uh if you would have told me at the beginning of the year oh by the way your last like two to three weeks of the big league season your catchers are going to be Tyler Cropley and Logan Porter I would have been like what happened um, but uh, yeah, also Salvador Perez went on the seven day IL with a uh, concussion like symptoms. I don't think he actually has a concussion. I think this is really just a dude go sit down because you're getting your ass beat behind the plate. Like, please just just shut it down. We don't need to risk further injury uh for Salvi, which sucks that basically it probably will end the season. I don't think we're going to see Salvi uh, over these next couple of weeks. But uh yeah. Give, me, give I, me more Logan Porter at bats. Give them. Hey, you know, I need them all. Shout <laughs> all. out to that guy, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there, I think it was the lineup on, might have been on Sunday. He was the oldest guy in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he had the that's least amount so cool. of big league service time. That's
2: yeah. crazy to think that that's where. We are. Especially, yeah. I mean, they've got like Dyron Blanco, and they've got guys that Dairo Blanco that was already bar- like or... right. So it, it is interesting, but it is kind of, I mean,
3: that's where you would expect to be at this point, right? That's what hopefully that you. doesn't get clipped. There will be a, a certain somebody that oh boy takes oh, wait, no, that talks list. about all that. Yeah, that um, you're the, you're <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> you I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go through a, a shit ton of numbers and kind of tee Josh up for something because like my, my final point is centered around it. Um, so I just checked in on some royals like savant rankings as a team um power stats the good third in line drive rate sixth and hard hit rate tenth and expected slugging tenth and average exit like they're hitting the ball hard the bad is their actual slugging percentage is 22nd they're 26th in home runs part of that obviously playing at kaufman um, the batting general stats There's a giant discrepancy They're Eighth in expected batting average. They are 21st in uh, actual. And then 28th in OBP, 29th in walks. So, like, the offense, we're going to touch on this here in a second. Not great in terms of team rankings overall. Um, Play discipline, fourth highest swing percentage of the zone, fourth highest swing percentage overall, sixth highest pitch swing or uh, first pitch swing percentage, chase rate, seventh highest, whiff rate, tenth highest, bad decisions as a team kind of the ambush approach kind of free swinging i'm still doing it pitching the walks went from second most to 10th most from last year to this year uh first pitch strike percentage 30th to 21st so they did improve there the bad they're still bottom five worst in batting average fewest strikeouts opposing slugging percentage like the pitching hasn't made much progress um on a huge scale but all that's to say their general hitting stats since the all-star break they have the most stolen bases in baseball not necessarily a hitting stat but it's by 11 so they're getting crazy on the base pads they're eighth in batting average eighth in slugging percentage 11th in runs 13th in isolated power 14th in Babbitt, 16th best wrc plus and 18th most home runs so since the all-star break Two months plus, a little over two months, we're also been a middle of the pack offense. They've been an average offense, if not slightly above average. That will play if they can get some better pitching. And I remember last year, and I was curious, it seemed like they had a better second half. And they did, but they were like five, six, seven spots worse in all of those categories in the second half of last year. So, like, it's not as fluky of an improvement. I don't think you can squint and but the proper development and offseason moves, see the Royals having a pretty decent offense. Next year, they're getting Vinny Pasquantino back. They could sign maybe one viable bat to throw in the outfield. They have Bobby Witt Jr. being a star for potentially a full season. Um, I don't really know what all of this means on the pitching side. I'm kind of going to let Josh go through that. But offensively, yes, they haven't been good. No, I don't expect them to necessarily be top 10 next year, but could they be in between 10 and 20 instead of ranking lower than that on a lot? I definitely think they could. Yeah, I think just overall in general, I don't have a lot of numbers. It's basically
2: the same as yours. Uh, basically, I think in general, they could be a top 10 offense in the major leagues next year with a little bit more development, with like meaningful matchups being played and the return of Vinny Pasquatino, obviously. But... I think at that point I, we're going to talk about the bullpen tonight and kind of see how that could shape up a little bit and how it could be built. But I'm ready to throw every dime, every trade piece, every consideration in the off season on starting pitching because of that. I feel like this bullpen can be turned around pretty quickly with some internal options, but also this lineup looks like an actual, you know, productive offense um, if they can maintain this identity. Figure out, you know, just how much they're going to lean towards the free swinging and and run the bases really well, and have middle of the order of the bat, middle of the order bats be able to drive them in. If that's where we are, that's an absolute competitive team and something that we haven't really seen. Even doesn't really seem like those championship runs were really known for being offense driven. So I feel like that's a pretty good opportunity. But here we are, a tale as old as time. Where I'm already convincing myself that the Royals are going to be better than they actually will be next year. And I'm already taking the bait. It's already happening. Time is a flat circle.
1: So are are you just mainlining the Kool-Aid at this point? Like you're not just drinking Like it's just I'm completely not completely in? No, not mainlining. I am, again,
2: getting whiffs, giving me the, the subtle nodes of success and
3: championship. Okay, movies. I... Let's say they have a average off season on whatever percentile scale you want to use. Like if they don't make any crazy moves, they don't have an abject disaster of an off season. How many games do the Kansas City Royals win next year? This we're gonna ask again at the end of season show probably, but like I'm just very quickly before we hit a break, like what are you guys thinking? Because I'm at like 65. 65. Yeah. I think sixty-five to sixty eight, I think, is what we're looking at.
1: I think that is the linear
3: uh, upward development path. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Um, that's basically where I feel I was probably gonna be, probably probably closer to seventy, but it's somewhere between sixty five and seventy in my head. I dig it.
1: Yeah, I mean that that basically I think is more of the, in line with like the fiftieth percentile outcome, like the most realistic. Without like an unprecedentedly bad April and May, they probably can get there just fine. Um, we just hope that, uh, you know, they don't have that type of situation where we have, do you
2: think if they did spend anything on like a, let's say a B tier starting pitcher, just one, and then your usual, your usual thing, do you think that that goes up at all? Or is it more, you know, what is that, what is that signing really going to be without knowing
1: what is there now? It depends on how they're going to divvy up the rotation. Like, are you, is Cole Reagan's your ace? I think if that's the case, and
3: they get it, like he shouldn't uh, be, but he will be. I think. Yeah. Well, like not that. That sounds bad. He shouldn't be in terms of like they should do something to remedy that. But like for their purposes, he's going to be and he's, deserved he's going that, to be that. Sense. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then you can sign somebody that's like maybe your two or three. Brady Singer ends up as your two or three. Um, I'm trying to think of who else you could throw in the rotation right now. Like it's kind of tricky. Jordan Lyles. I mean, Jordan Lyles will probably be your four or five. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean they're paying him, so he's probably gonna be yeah. four or five, even though I would wholly disagree with that. We talked about that
3: last mm-hmm. week. Yep. I and think Lynch, you know,
1: will, your, Lynch, Lynch is, is probably, probably there. Four. Yeah, And then you're filling one more spot with maybe a, a non-roster invite that, you know, either that or like an Onhel Zerpa with a full-on season. Zerba, Marsh, yeah, or, yep. or something like
2: yep. that. I don't know. I, I think mean, he did they keep doing what they're doing. I mean, they're piecemealing
1: that fifth and really the fourth rotation. Yeah. Spot every time. I mean, it could so, truly be a four-man rotation with an opener yeah. and a bulk. And I think that that might it's, be fine. Like I it kinda, could be a scenario where, like, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the bullpen. But like Stephen Cruz as an opener with yeah. Jordan Miles face the lineup twice, turn it over and go. Yeah, if
2: that's, that's your fifth I mean, that spot. That's important. solid. Yeah. I think that's real solid.
1: Yeah, like I think that could be a scenario where we see that. I've liked the way that they've utilized the opener this year and it yeah. hasn't really blown up on them too often. So I think just finding finding the right combination of guys, they've had so many injuries, they've had to do it more than they probably want to. But if they wanted to basically turn it into a turn in the rotation, it could work that way. Do you remember that it takes time with
2: under previous management where it's like, Can we have an opener, please? Can't yeah. We? And then and the Q's like, We'll give you one on Wednesday, we'll give you one <laughs> on Thursday. And guess what? Monday, here they come
1: again. Yeah. I mean, they've had so many damn injuries to the rotation. They've had to. Hmm. Like, oh, and one other thing I forgot to mention earlier before we break, uh, the two roster uh, guys that came in for Brady Singer and Brad Keller, Anthony Veneziano and John Bolin. Congrats to those guys. We're going to see those guys in a limited sample, and maybe they factor into the rotation in both by next year too. And we're going to talk about that right after this.
0: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. The best way to learn a language? Immersion,
4: living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. So we're gonna try and do our best with two weeks left in the big league season to look at how is how are we gonna build the bullpen in 2024. Um that would imply seven, you know, seven, eight spots. I think, I think it's eight because of the the yep. twenty six man. So, where do you guys think internally who should be penciled in right now? Because there's going to be guys that are already in right now that I think have, as generally as you can say it, I think earned a spot. Shut up, Jordan. Um, <laughs> I was
3: going to say, man, fire everyone. And- no, I- <sighs> <laughs> I've got. I've got three names that I think I would definitely put in the bullpen next year. Then I've got three with a question mark in parentheses. So I've potentially got six guys that like I would not think would be terrible decisions to put in the Kansas City Royals 2024 bullpen. Then I've got like five more, six more, seven more that um, is one big shrug emoji. So I'm not I'm not completely out on everybody, but yeah, the list is not very long for me. I don't think. So, the names that come to mind
1: for me, at least right now, are, I know it's been a rough since the deadline, but Carl I think Carl Hernandez is going to be in there. Yeah. yeah. James MacArthur, I think, has actually solidified himself fairly decently. So, if you look at the season-long numbers in the full 16 and two-thirds innings that he's pitched, it's a six point four eight yard with a fifth and that was because he had one of the worst MLB debuts I have ever seen in my entire so life. He gave up in on June 28th. He came up and he gave up in one inning, seven runs. Did not record a strikeout. He walked a guy. gave up a home run in ten batters. I mean, it was horrific. He comes. He goes back down to Omaha. Comes back up on August 6th. And if you take out the MLB debut from hell. In 15 and two thirds innings, it's a 2.87 ERA with a 2.945. And 12 strikeouts to one walk. He's and, been great. He's been yeah. really good. Yes. So whatever adjustments that he made down in Omaha are just flushing that. Mm-hmm. I think there... And he he has shown some high leverage ability too. Close out a game. Came in as a fireman in, in uh, Chicago a couple weeks ago. Like... I think there's something there with him. Clearly, they they saw something with him when they traded for him midseason, and it's coming to fruition at least right now. I know it was a small sample, but I think John McMillan showed the best back-end stuff in this bullpen. Uh, hopefully, he gets to get a couple, more, um, a couple more outings before the season's over, once maybe Omaha's season ends.
3: Who else I mean, are you guys thinking? I think... I've got Carlos Hernandez as definitely I've got James MacArthur as definitely I've got Alec Marsh as definitely. And I've probably been the most not anti, but like low on Alec Marsh, but like as a reliever, he has an ERA under three now and he's not giving up nearly as many home runs. His strikeout rate was already great. It's even better. Like they have that opener thing that could work for him. Like I think you at least give him a shot in the spring and see what happens um, outside of that. I think Lesky has shared this thought too. Taylor Clark hasn't been very good, but he's been good enough that, like, they probably keep him around. And then the question mark, guys, for me, Jackson Coar has a 491 ERA in 20 games. Um, Since he came back up on August 17th, though, he's given up 12 hits, six runs, 14 strikeouts in 14 innings with a 386 ERA. Like, I was listening to Vern's pregame show literally on Tuesdays, we're recording this, he just seems to get it in terms of the adjustments he's been making. Like He's been tinkering with a bunch of shit, so I'm not going to completely get wrapped up in the results. The raw stuff is still too good. The draft profile is still technically intact where um, I would lean, he makes it, um, I would personally keep him in the bullpen and at least give him a shot. And then we brought up Zerpa. He is my sixth and the third guy that has a uh, question mark So that's my list of six. You guys
2: basically hit the same guys. I got some nuggets on these guys though. Um John McMillan struck out at least two guys while walking zero in all four of his appearances this uh this year, which was awesome. Uh Jason MacArthur since his call up in September, nine and two thirds, two point nine eight X FIP, one base runner in that time. Uh, and that includes tonight, which as we're talking around talking about him, Andy Rogers Tweeted and I quote James MacArthur is a dude. Holy smokes. So I had to go find out why. Well, Carlos Hernandez is a massive problem still, but he basically struck out Jose Ramirez with a, a bit of runners on. Not sure what the situation was, but it's hard enough to strike out uh Jose Ramirez.
1: And He's real stri- for a royal killer.
2: Yes. Yep. Um and then struck out Koha Calhoun and Ramon Laureano. Uh, to end the 8th and preserve a 7-6 to six lead. So he is apparently a dude in Andy Rogers' eyes. I also had Carlos Hernandez stuff still is there. Steven Cruz I have is, uh in. He has no runs surrendered in five of his six appearances, which is massive, so that's awesome. Walk rate is low. Command will always be an issue with Steven Cruz, uh, but right now he's keeping it low. And Austin Cox is also in my bullpen because he's my best friend. He's coming
3: back from a torn ACL, though. And partially now, torn MCL. But like by season right. he'll be in that, that picture. Yeah. Right. What why is so
2: is it torn officially? Because Yeah, it was a full tear. That's yeah. what I thought. And FanGraphs has it as a sprained
3: knee. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is torn. Somebody missed, <laughs> missed the news cycle. I I think like Cruz is in there, um, Colin Snyder technical could be but I just yeah I I'm just just with him like he's a next it. Tucker Davidson technically could be around Dylan oh. Coleman is still in the organization but like Dylan Coleman is going to get
1: yeah no Dylan Coleman the spring will tell us a lot yeah like if he if he shoves in the spring he's going to be in the bullpen. but if so. it's still a lot of the same issues I think they're either going to cut bait or he's just going to end up in Omaha what do
3: you guys think about Anthony Veneziano if he shows you that was the one name I was going to bring up yeah. yeah I'd say yes and somewhere to, in the pitching bowl, staff the, and bowling, yeah, yeah, in the staff, yes.
1: And what's oh, going to be interesting head, about head. a lot of these guys is I think there is a lot of potential with these guys to mix and match openers and bulk guys, yeah, because a lot of them can give you that quality. Because, like, Steven Cruz uh, tonight, notwithstanding with the mm-hmm. four walks, his other opener appearance was disgusting, like, he, he looks the part with that type of role or you know, seventh, eighth inning. Um, he was another guy that I, I thought of as well that I think it's not spectacular right now, but I think you give him another offseason, he's going to be a guy. Jackson Cole, man, I can't quit him. I just can't. Yeah. Like, And I think some of it is kind of the anti of what we've seen with some other guys when it comes to making adjustments. He is all in on doing whatever he can. to. He has ditched his curveball for a slider last year. He started mixing in a sinker with it because his fastball sucks. He's tried to work you know work his change up differently in counts. He's completely dropped his arm angle down to like a low three quarter. That seems to make his stuff even more effective. Uh if you look it's at also the savant chart, just from the beginning of this year to now, it's substantial. So another a full off season of him actually throwing with that arm angle, I'll be curious to see what he looks like in the spring. I think he's also Jordan, I think you mentioned
2: it, and Joel, you mentioned it too, but he's secret with a lot of things, and that is also including his pitch usage. Yeah, uh, His last few starts have been way more uh, predominantly changed as a primary pitch. Uh, he has a very good changeup. Obviously, I think Hudler calls it a screwball all the time, but mm-hmm. uh, very good changeup, and he's starting to kind of lean on it a little bit more. The metrics aren't, aren't great, but the fact that he's kind of going to that a little bit more his K rate is pretty much the same since he get, got the call up, and that's when the adjustments kind of really started to take shape. Um walk percentage is a little bit up, but his ground ball percentage is up like 10%. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense if you're starting to throw a lot of you know down downward motion balls, it's gonna get more ground balls. So it's good to he's good to see he's having any success at all. But yeah, for sure. Two names that I thought that we can't forget about Taylor Hearn. This is going to keep bringing his name up, maybe. Night of- yeah, yeah.
1: I no, I Since can the see motion, it, it? Yeah.
2: Since the demotion, night appearances, twelve innings pitched, a twenty-nine point six percent K rate, and a four fifty-two BABIP. Don't know what to do with that. That's very oh. high. <laughs> but he's only he's only surrendered one error run in those appearances. So keeping keeping runners from scoring is not just you know a stat, but it's also an ability as well. Jake Brince, is going to be coming off of. I mean, he's. Coming off of TJ, he was yep. he had two and two-thirds of uh, live bullets being you know pitched to this year, so he is kind of making his way back. And I think he's got the inside track on a bullpen slot next year too. So uh, Jake Brins could definitely be in. Another name that I kind of uh, – speaking of Stephen Cruz, Evan Sisk kind of ended the year in Omaha pretty well. He didn't have very good overall numbers, but I would be um, curious to see what he looks like here in spring training as well. I think he'd definitely be in the mix.
3: A uh, quick note from Annie. She tweeted in eight scoreless appearances since being recalled on September 1st. Arthur, sorry, Mick Arthur has retired 31 of 32 batters he's faced. He came into the eighth with a one run lead runners on second and third, no outs, and he struck out all three batters. So he's just been, as the kids would say him since he's been coming back up. Like he, who knows how long it's going to last. Obviously this level won't. Um, but the Royals might have found something special in him. So I, I'm with you guys. He he deserves to be in that uh, picture for sure.
1: He just got the pitching ninja treatment too with uh, the gif of yeah. strikeouts. And that curveball is as advertised. Holy mm. hell. Mm, yeah. uh, some external names, uh, just if the Royals do want to go and kind of do an Aroldis Chapman sort of thing, like a one-year. Yeah. And and either, you know, if they're they ultimately magically are good, then you have a guy in the back end where you just flip them at the deadline and do your next Cole Reagans deal. I mean, they're, they're not going to get some of these guys on the upper end, but like an injured Chafin could be kind of interesting yeah. thing as a lefty. He's bounced around a bunch, but has always, you know, been pretty effective. Kirby Yates could actually be an interesting one. He's, you know, he's in his mid thirties, really resurrected his career this year after a few years off with injury, uh, but kind of has gotten back to that 2019, 2018 uh, San Diego Padres year. With the Braves, it's a club option, so I don't know if they'll bring him back, but if he's available, that might be a move that I would make. Jose LeClerc, it's another club option, but he's mm-hmm. been a guy that's closed out a lot of games in his career and maybe a change of scenery uh, could work for him because he's been kind of up and down. Uh, Matt Moore, mm-hmm. quietly been one of the better relievers in baseball for the last couple of years with uh, with the Angels and the Rangers, and now I think he's going to go pitch for the Marlins. Um uh, maybe you could go and get him as a lefty option so there are names there that i think are within reason for the royals that they want to go and as they have all of these young dudes or guys that are super inconsistent getting a veteran in there that uh you know what you're going to get pretty much every single day i i think goes a long way for for this
3: team i um i've got a few that you didn't bring up Nick Martinez. They have a club option for all oh, yeah, million benefit against time. I think his is eight, but he's had a pretty decent year 373 ERA. Uh, I think Josh and I on one of the shows you weren't here for brought up Michael Fulmer is like, yeah, early age free agent, obviously. Um, could eat up some innings. Archie Bradley would be like the by low of all by low candidates, has had a disastrous year. Um, Jordan Hicks has been pretty good, so maybe pricing himself out of whatever range they'd be going for. Um, Brad Hand has been bad this year, but great before this year. Mutual option for $7 million. I would assume the club doesn't pick that up, and it would not be mutually agreed upon. Um, Dylan Floro, Emilio Pagan, um, Chad Green working his way back from TJ, and he's barely been pitching this year, but really good three years before that, so um, They've got options, man, and it's, again, how much do they want to spend? Do they want a reclamation project? Do they want a Fulmer-type guy that maybe you could make him back into starts a few games, but primarily a bullpen pitcher? Like They've got options, and they also don't have a full bullpen that absolutely has to be set coming into next year.
1: And another name on this list, too, is Ryan Stanek, who has some familiarity with Q from his time in Tampa, and he was the guy that really... Made the opener a thing for them, so he has that plus a lot of time and high leverage situations for Houston over the last couple of years. All right, guys, yeah. it's oh, I sorry. Had, I had a myself. So my not bad. so fast, my friend.
2: I also had Emilio Pagan. Uh, you know, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys this year, but he does have a history of it, so they could you know find some find a little bit of gold there. He did spend 2022 with Bove in Minnesota, which I think could be a little bit of a connection as well. And he doesn't throw a slider which we have seen success. The Royals add a slider to a guy and unlocks up the problem. So maybe Pagan could do that, uh, increase his K rate and effectiveness as well. I had also Archie Bradley as a reclamation project, also get him a slider, should be able to got him on a uh, spring training and bite contract. And one you guys haven't said, but is a name that all of us know, and you may not be ready for it, but Shelby Miller. Has been He's on my list. Really, really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been so great. 189 ERA, but it's a 459 XFIP. So it might be a little bit of fool's gold there. Walks are, are a problem, but his opponent average is 118. He has one of the best shaped fastballs, one of the elite extension on the fastball. He's spent the last four years tinkering, including time with the, with the Dodgers of all organizations, tinkering, try to make things work. And I just want to see if Sweeney and Boe were able to get their hands on him, what they could do with Shelby Miller and his fastball. So three options there. I would also, Guardians in Town, Cade Smith in their organization has been pitching in AAA, has had great numbers, 24 years old, um, right-handed pitcher. Ryan Sweeney may be familiar with his game and like it enough to go get him, but in 28 games in or in AAA, I should say, 38 and two thirds of an inning, a 3.14 xFIP, a 37.5% K rate, and 11.3% walk rate. So they would have to do some work with his command. He is Rule Five eligible this season, so if there's any kind of roster crunch, maybe you give him a call and say like, Hey, what's up with Cade Smith? I'd like to be very interested in him. Um, but that would be another guy that they could potentially uh, target in a trade with Cleveland. So they like they like pitching a little bit. So maybe that'd be
0: stuff <laughs> to get. All right, boys, it is
1: that time of the podcast. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single day. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets, throw five down, on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for the uh, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and older, ages vary by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility uh, terms and responsible gambling resources, gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply.
0: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. type you Jewel. Know- <laughs>
1: Ed is a bear, man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Well done. But, you nailed that. Hey. Uh and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. how about Colin Snyder closing out the game for the Royals mm-hmm. right, as we're recording? We were in the chat going, oh my God, who's gonna close out this game? Cause MacArthur was gone, Cruz had already gone. Carlos uh, is out. But yeah. Hey, how about it? That's two more wins in a row. And the Royals, gentlemen, that is win number fifty on the season. Start the parade.
2: Yep, it's we did it, guys. Start we the parade.
1: <laughs> we got a couple more minor league seasons to talk about here. Triple-A is not quite done. They have six games left. They are 16 games back, so uh, they need like a 200% on their final to, to get to the playoffs. Is that right? Something
3: like that? Pretty much. Least, yeah. They need an the right act up- of God.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh they ra- they wrapped up their home schedule this week, splitting a series with Indianapolis. Uh they are in Columbus right now, uh facing the Clippers, which will end their season. You guys have any thoughts on Triple A Omaha or anything? I don't have much, to be honest with you. Nope. We'll talk cool. to-
0: <laughs> oh, a deep dive right, a.
1: a little bit more. Oh well, yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll deep dive. We'll deep dive on that next week uh, kind of a, a requiem on their season. Yeah, now, also Double A news the, uh,
2: Cooper McKeon. That is, yes, yes. Carolina league, all-star reliever, uh, announced this, uh, today. So congrats to Cooper McKeon. He was very, very good for Columbia this year. Eventually did get promoted to quad cities. Um, but yeah, a shout out to Cooper McKeon for his honors of being a Carolina league, all-star reliever.
1: Yeah. He kind of flew under the radar this year a little bit. Now it was pretty rough when he got to quad cities, but in thirty-one games for uh for Columbia this year, one point oh eight ERA, fifty-three strikeouts and fifty innings, only ten walks. Uh, so definitely a name to watch for next year if he's able to replicate some of that after a pretty rough go there in uh in quad cities to to start out. But you know, it is what it is. Sometimes those promotions don't, are not as seamless. Uh, but there are a couple of guys that uh pitched in northwest Arkansas this year that went for, were that shoved in high A and got to double A and pretty much did the exact same thing and uh, Mason Barnett, I believe he was named the Baseball America Player of the Year in the Royals organization, so a uh, shout-out to him. I'll, I'll read his stats here in just a second once I'm going to pull up. So he, 114 and two-thirds innings between uh, high A and double A this year, 137 strikeouts in those innings, uh, was really good at, at both levels. Um, a name that, when the Royals took him, felt like he could be a mid-rotation type guy, and I think he proved that. This year, and if he starts the year in Double A and replicates this, we could be talking about him around this time next year uh, as a guy that could get a cup of coffee at the end of 2024 for Kansas City. Uh, It's really nice to see that as a testament to some of the changes they made on the development side with pitching, and it's it's good to see to have at least a couple of guys uh, that are pitchers that we can feel pretty good about moving into the to next year.
2: Yeah, the other guy you kind of mentioned having success after promotion was Chandler Champlain. Uh, 14 starts in Northwest Arkansas, but a 3.82 ERA, 21% K rate, and an 8.3% walk rate. Um, kind of took some steps forward at a rough start and uh, really kind of turned it around in order to you know finish the year out pretty strong. Um, so it's a shout-out to Chandler Champlain for being one of the high points there in Northwest Arkansas, not to be confused, and I cannot keep doing this, North louis Arkansas. I'm going to need you to separate these two, but him and Christian Chamberlain—they just need yep. to be on different rosters. Because by <laughs> God, I cannot. I did this with with uh, Nate Eden and Jake Means for some reason the last few years, and now it's turned to uh, to Champlain and Chamberlain. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was kind of good to see some uh, some success, and those guys are definitely two that we could point out to be you know examples of the how this organization could be moving forward with pitching development.
3: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I really the only pitching high point I had for Double A was Veneziano, and he was only there for eight starts, but he he was too good. (laughs) Two one three ERA. He wasn't walking anyone. He was striking out a ton. Um, He got promoted twice over the course of the season from there, which was good for him. He uh, is going to potentially get some work in um, to close out the season. I I think really next year he is a part of the big league team. It's not going to be he spends two months down and then comes up like he should be. Pretty early on, having some um, reps, not necessarily success. We'll see how that goes. But um, Tyler Tolbert, from a hitting perspective, I think I talked about him either last week or the week before. Um, ten home runs, ten triples, fifty RBIs, fifty stolen bases—really round numbers for him, which I absolutely love. <laughs> Easier for me to jot down. Ninety-nine WRC plus and one hundred twenty six games. We've talked about him as a gerard dyson type light where he comes up and steals some bases as a defensive replacement stuff like that um that is kind of reaching for uh high points for double a just because guys come through quickly or they come up from triple a just one of those things so one of the guys that i i'm still kind of intrigued
1: with because i like the the skill set and the tools is peyton wilson can play a little middle infield, can play some center field. They had a 108 WRC plus in A this year. Is 23 years old. Uh, played essentially a full season this year, the 128 games. The power really didn't come around for him, but still slugged 411. So a lot of I think he had 30 some odd doubles in there. That's more where his power is going to be from. But if he's able to get back to what he did in High A, where he had 14 homers in 88 games, if he can get into that like into that double digit range he probably can be a, he's a switch hitter too, I'm pretty sure. So there is like a super utility type role in here, switch hitter. Like there's a lot, like it's a profile the Royals like. So I could see him finding a way, you know, to get a cup of coffee in the big leagues because of the positional versatility. He's got a decent bats a ball. He's, you know, a decent enough approach, walked about 10%. Well, he struck out 18%. He could his walk rate almost 7% this year or strikeout rate 7% this year. If he can build back some power next year, I don't know. I don't think they'll send him back to to Double A unless there's like a positional crunch at Triple A. But if he gets back some power, he could be really intriguing next year.
3: Yeah, he gives off gamer vibes. And that's yeah, like I think that's like it's yeah, not yeah. like a Nicky Lopez insult. We're like, oh yeah, this guy'll never have any power. Ha ha. He's a gamer because he plays good defense in his first. There's like a least some legitimate bump to speak of. Like, it's sure, not, yeah, yeah, Like it, it's
1: kind of, and this is probably a it's not moment. anemic. Think, completely, no. It, I think it's more like an Andrew Benintendi type where the mm-hmm. power is a lot of line drive doubles in the gap, and you know he'll pump a few over the wall, but it's not. Now you're not going to be able to rely on a ton of power, but mm-hmm. I think there's enough juice in the swing to where you can see there is something there, like there's some power to speak of, even yeah. if it's not legit home run
3: power. Yeah, we want to talk low points? Should we get some some harsh truths out there about they're sure. they're not done, but yeah. uh, Beckway d- just you watch so everybody. Many yeah, everybody expected a lot better from him. Six, six, seven ERA. He walked seven guys per nine, just over seven, seven point one two, um, twenty-eight games, seventeen starts. He it was just a disaster for him. Uh, there's really no better way to describe it. Um, the the control and command just were not there for him. Not what many expected. I don't think any person was like, Oh, yeah, this guy's gonna do exactly that. People had high hopes for him mean, um, he did not deliver at the double-A level.
2: I think the we expect a little bit more out of Diego Hernandez too. Um, I know he was been on you know prospect radar lists. Only 22 years old. He was got yeah, he got hurt in the first day of spring training, right? That was him. Yeah,
1: he was he dove for that ball, busted up his shoulder and didn't
2: come back shoulder. Yeah, died. so that that do a number on anybody's hitting stats unless you're Bryce Harper for some reason, but. I just wanted to see more of him this year. We only got what, 60, 69 games. So yes, it's very nice. Not nice. Um, not nice. Uh, only 69 games of Diego Hernandez. I don't know what he's going to be long term. He's definitely not a hit for power guy. Um, plays really good defense, you know, can run the bases pretty well, but I'm just not real sure what we're going to see from him. I just wanted to see more from him is basically the low point ahead for him.
1: Yeah. So the, one of the guys I want to talk about is Luca trash. Um, there was some promise in 2022. Um, you know, he had a 130 wrc plus and high a 111 in double a and he comes back this year for a full year in double a, 80 weighted runs created plus plus in 92 games, popped 10 home runs but not a lot of other power like contact to speak of. Like it's kind of weird because I was looking and 80 wrc plus I'm thinking, oh, it's must have struck out of ton. Nope, 19%, walked 11%. So I, I think it's a quality of contact issue for him where it's either he pops a ball over the wall or he's like rolling over ground. Like I got to look at ground ball rate because that might tell some of the story if I can find it. Um, he had a ground, wall, ground ball rate of 33% and a fly ball rate of 45. So he's either popping up or hitting a ball on the ground is, is kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at it. Very, this is kind of weird. Because it's not like there are like a ton of red flag signs as to why Luka Tresh was twenty percent below league average, so I guess we'll see what he does next year. And I don't think they're going to have him repeat Double A because there's a like it's not like there's a catcher log jam, but like they need catching help at the upper levels. So maybe they just send him to Triple A, and maybe the super happy fun ball in Triple A gets some of his juice back and (laughs) didn't go there. I. I don't know. Like, I'm looking at this, and I am I am confused, I'll be honest.
3: Yeah, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't really I like have too much to add. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at this like, is there anything that is, like, really red flaggy? I, I don't see anything that really jumps out as, like, oh, that's concerning. Yeah. So, it's I guess weird. we'll see, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Another guy I want to mention, and and this is more like a little bit of like a softer low point, but it it is something worth noting, I think. Noah Cameron was awesome in Quad Cities. Had a uh, 3-6 ERA, 58 strikeouts. He goes to Northwest Arkansas. He had 74 strikeouts in uh, 72 and a third innings. ERA was over 6. So, that is noteworthy just because the jump from high A to double A is the, the biggest and sure. maybe this is a scenario where there's no such thing as a pitching prospect and he fizzles out here Um he's you know not a he's more in the mold of like a pie throwing lefty than like an Andesiano where it's into the upper 90s and you know there's some stuff to work with there so he really has to rely on pinpoint command and getting some swings and misses outside the zone i I hope that he rebounds next year because I bet he's going to repeat double A kind of like Veneziano did where he really struggled there. Um, maybe he bounces back and I'm having, we're having a different conversation by June of next year, but I just wanted to note that, that we didn't really talk about him once he went yeah. to, to double A and that there's a, there's a reason why now he's only, you know, and he's also 24 years old. So that is mm-hmm. the other part of this that is like, he's getting close to his pitching prime and He's going to be in double A again and for his age 25 season. It gets a little dicey there.
2: Speaking of catchers, shout out Tyler Cropley did get his first RBI. Yes. Because first it. It. Yeah. So shout out to Tyler Cropley. Uh, and also I'm looking at the gifts from pitching ninja for James McArthur and
3: the pitches he got those outs on are absolute filth. He He's pretty nasty. He, Ooh. he might be a dude. He might be a dude. Ooh. Um, I have a, it's not related to any of this at all, but I've been holding on to this question the entire podcast and we're pretty much at the end. So I just have to ask, if you guys had six weeks to like condition your arm and get your form figured out, you step up to a mound and you get three attempts to throw as hard as you can, how fast do you think you can throw? How hard can you throw? What would you max out at
1: with six your fast weeks?
0: Ball?
3: Yeah. I bet I could get close to like
1: seventy-eight or eighty. You think so? I man, I'd kill. So, you okay. knew that. So at my athletic prime, when I was eighteen years <laughs> old, and about that's about forty pounds ago too. Yeah. Um, I think I hit seventy-seven. Okay. So I got about forty pounds more weight on me. Maybe yeah. that helps me get that extra couple miles an hour to eighty. Okay. I will blow out my UCL in the process. Sure. I will throw eighty miles an hour.
3: You'll have the uptick in velocity right before the injury. Just like Exactly. <laughs> I'm about
2: 65% and, uh, or about 65 miles an hour. I'm about 65% sure I'd get about 65 miles per hour. As a kid, as a youth, I get hit 63. Not a youth anymore, but I am a dad, and dad strength is not nothing. So I'm going to spend six weeks lifting my children and then studying all the biomechanics to shove around all this weight So it's maximum efficiency, and we're going to shove all that weight towards home plate and going to hit 63 miles an hour.
3: I'd like to think I could hit 70. I've never thrown a pitch in an actual game. Um, I've stepped on a mountain like effed around with my buddies and stuff like that. (laughs) Way different than stepping up there with a plan. Um, Six weeks, you know. I don't know what I could get done then. I'd like to think I could hit 70. I kind of want to step on a mountain and just throw a pitch for fun and see if I could hit like 60, 65. Um, I'd like to think I could throw somewhat reasonably okay, but um, yeah, I kind of want to do this now. So that was my thought.
1: <laughs> should we, should we go with KCSC and do a little training for mini
3: training? Oh, that'd be so fun. That'd be great cross promotion too. That'd that be, be. off-season we spend,
1: spend like a month going and doing workouts. See if we can get... <laughs> Get Austin if Austin Cox is around in the, the offseason, get him to help train us as he's rehabbing and see have a little uh one royal way uh little like pitching Olympics. Pull that do like a full pull down, see what
3: happens. Oh man, that'd be awesome. My body would break. It would be broken.
0: Totally it's would.
3: It's either that <laughs> or drive So we need to decide on our, our squad trip to uh work on our pitching mechanics and stuff. So
2: wherever's what whichever's closest to the nearest emergency room. That's what I'll
0: go. <laughs>
1: I guarantee that if we emailed Kyle Bodie and went, "Hey, for for shits and gigs, my buddies and I want to try and do a little competition. Can we work out for four weeks you go Yeah, probably. Sure, why not? <laughs>
3: <laughs> or you KCSC, figure out how to KCSC, block someone's emails.
1: That's yes.
2: one from KCSC. True that. No doubt about
1: it. Oh, absolutely. No, that would be that'd be it's fun. We we might need to make this happen if we can if we can pull it off. It's a nice... all right. That's gonna that's gonna do it for us this week on One Royal Way. We appreciate you guys. We will be back next week. Season's winding down. We appreciate you guys supporting us. We'll talk to you all soon.
0: Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.